Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Yeah, it would do a lot for you because they're looking, they're looking strong. They're Don't real do that strong. to me. Don't come back on here. <laughs> they look disrespecting good. my team again. I feel like every week there's some kind of caveat to why can't we just be great? No, nah, there's no caveat. But I, they just look fucking. They they look strong. But you guys look strong too. You know, it, it'll be a hell of a series. I don't believe it. You're not seeing it with your eyes. Lakers got a nigga named Lonnie. I think it's over for the Nuggets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. Lonnie? Coming off the bench? You know that nigga mad. <laughs> Y'all done <laughs> fucked up. You done let Lonnie out the cage. Lonnie got activated. <laughs> nigga come off the bench like, take a black mile from behind my ear like, yo, hold this. They pulled out a, Lon- a Lonnie Yu-Gi-Oh card and, and just slammed that shit. <laughs> the government growing babies Microchips in your anus All koala bears are racist The ozone layer owes me money Martians invented turkey stuffing Y'all can't tell me nothing Hey, 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 I'm back no. No, no, no. Come back with it. I'm not doing that. I'm not setting that precedent. I don't like it at all. Look, we are documentarians, my friend. It's not our responsibility to choose right and wrong. Oh, we, we simply are witnesses to what's happening out in this world. And, and you, you, you have no right, sir. You have no right given some of the monsters you've referenced what? as we've intro. Try to clean. You keep doing no, the there's... platinum fubu. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Continue. That was, that was a tough Welcome to a phenomenal <laughs> episode of My Mama Told Me. The podcast where we dive deep into the pockets of black conspiracies. 
And we finally worked to prove that if the writers are in fact going to get justice in this strike, they are going to need to employ the black Israelites. They're going to have to get them same people who stood out for Kyrie and fixed his job somehow uh, uh, in, in line with this. They're going to need those bigots. <laughs> <laughs> by their side if they're ever going to get justice. I'm, I'm Langston Kerman. And I'm your man from the Congo, as referenced by those goddamn Hebrew Israelites. <laughs> they refuse to acknowledge my racial makeup, and I don't love it. <laughs> but they are going to get you those writing jobs back, so hey, you got to right, make peace. Right, watch out Wait, for What's the logic behind this? Two. What's the logic behind no, the I black don't know. Israelites? Listen, brother. No, it makes you, perfect you sense to much. me. I just want to make sure our logic <laughs> matches up because uh, as far as I'm concerned, every black Israelite is a member of Job Corps and cannot read. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> writing, well, writing is the perfect what they job do. for them. Yo, shout out to Job Corps employing every dude who was kind of good at basketball at your <laughs> He needed somewhere to go when the Ball State scholarship went through. Yeah, Job Corps that, was there for him. When that D3 walk-on experience <laughs> didn't turn into something, when you got to go with Job Corps. When the community uh, college gym workouts didn't work out too well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Turns out the coach didn't want me that bad. That's what he said. Yeah, I, I, I believe that what's missing in the strike, and I've been out there a few times uh, marching and whatnot, but I, I believe that what's failing is a, a sick passion that can only be found by the Hebrew Israelites. They're, they're the type of people that, that will knock a nigga out for disagreeing with them on on basic things, and I think that's the kind of bite we need in this fight. I get that to get to to go against the streamers. I think definitely you need a hitter. I agree. Yeah. With that. I think that's good. They'll punch a car window, and then it's like, all right, now we got to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to take this to the table. They punch, and they're good at story structure. That's what you need. See enough writers. They're only True. good at one thing. They're not good at both. I love that you're trying to get them in the room. I just thought we were employing them as like a mob, but you're like, nah, if they're going to march, then they got to write on, on the next big program. That's, yeah. They have to be eligible for streaming yeah. too. <laughs> they, Black Israelites need streaming residuals too. You know what I mean? That's fair. We are almost five minutes into the podcast and we haven't introduced our guest <laughs> despite this turning into uh, something far, far more silly than I think we've, we've ever taken it. So good for us, fellas. He's, he's phenomenal. He, he've already heard his voice. You've already heard his opinions on the writers and the black Israelites. He is a, he's a hilarious comedian. He's been a writer for Atlanta. He's been a writer for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He is currently a writer for Abbott Elementary. He's a dear friend. Give it up for Jordan Temple. Yeah, boy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Oh, it's just a little bit of me being me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my man, my man, press buttons. He don't, he don't that. have to explain himself afterwards. I think it's from some kind of an Hollywood movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember it's that YouTube where that man is like uh, making meats. Oh, he's like, yeah, These are good meats. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know what his purpose in life is, but but I know he's a, an aficionado of his own meats. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh. <laughs> Jordan, you came to us with a conspiracy that I will say it, it it's 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 a heavy one. We're getting into some heavy shit, I think, with this one. But I'm excited to go there with you. You said, my mama told me. Black people don't get depressed. Mm, talk about it. Speak tell on it. it. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like guys. Heavy <laughs> <laughs> like that man. Yeah, you introduced boss. it. Oh, did I? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we be jolly. We be happy, I guess, or we be grumpy, and but we don't be depressed. So you know, it's our. I feel like uh, you know that's definitely like the church. That's definitely rap. Even though rap is, even though like niggas will sound depressed, they they deny it. Or there's like I'm emo, or I'm angry, but I'm not mm-hmm, sad. Mm-hmm. And people get confused to like even what depression is because it's deeper than rap. It's deeper than sadness. Depression, by definition, is internalized anger, you know, that you basically cannot, don't feel like you can express. It doesn't have an outlet. So then it kind of goes interior, you know what I mean? And uh, it's chronic. It's a disease, you know? It's all that. You feel me? Yeah. And so to be clear, when when you say Black people don't get depressed, this is something you believe or this is something you are like, no, this is a conspiracy theory I, you know, I hear and and disagree with. It's a conspiracy theory I hear. I think more Black people are believing in it less, but overall, it's still one that is pretty prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm always initially on the side of black Black exclusion from ailments. Like, in general, like, there was, like, three weeks where I thought we weren't going to get COVID. Like, in the beginning, uh, I was like, man, yeah. I ain't going to have it. Us. And I do really? that with, like, mm-hmm. It's yeah, when they were saying it, I, I thought that's silly. But then there was that period where, like, we for real weren't getting it, or at least statistically it wasn't showing up. And I believed in that in a way that I probably shouldn't have. I was like, well, maybe, kind of, maybe this is... <laughs> Maybe this is just white people like getting justice against them type shit. <laughs> you always hope that Mother Nature is going to strike back against white people. I think is what you're saying. Like, yeah, the happening's a terrible film, but but I kind of <laughs> like, there's going to be I some kind of flood that only on a moral them level. Or <laughs> I mean, you hope that, but then there's also still plenty of black people that like black people also don't like. It's just like okay, black people don't get. COVID, the cool for us, but like even Jesse Smollett, like even Don Lemon, like I don't really like them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know You're what saying I mean? you ain't rooting for all black people uh, to not get COVID. I'm not saying story. those are particularly the ones that I'm just saying black people in general, pe- the ones that people don't like as much. They're like, if they ask yeah. that, they'd, be, they'd, they'd probably make some exceptions. You know? Damn. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> a roof for everybody black. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> 80, 80%? Yeah, we, we be rooting for each other and then not rooting for each other. It's a complicated dance over here, I'm, but, I'm but we doing it. We root for everybody <laughs> black not to get cold. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that. So with with you acknowledging or, or feeling that this is certainly something that like you hear all the time, how do you feel like black people are meant to battle against this? How do we how do we face off against this misconception that we don't get depression? Because it is very cool to say, ah, nigga, I don't get depressed. I'm black. Like that, you know what I mean? That objectively is a cool lie. How do you get people to get to buy into their reality? Mm, I think black people just transmute it in their deniability, you know, plausible deniability. The more I think, you know, you try to run from shit. It's like the salon song. I try to smoke it away, sex it away. Yeah. I think black people just smoke <laughs> <laughs> it away. No, nah, brother, it. don't rush no, through this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give, to, give us what you have. Don't you cry, baby. <laughs> I think we just transmuted into cooler shit. I think I think the more <laughs> that shit was just trans, like you know why you know why you stopped where you stopped because it was about to hit another high note that you couldn't handle and I love that about you. Anyway, I understand. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Nah, that's uh, <laughs> I, but transmutation. Know, yeah. Or, yeah, it's a lot of transmutation. I think black people, when they deny they're depressed or, you know, given to feeling sad, for feeling, feeling sad, they just make cooler shit. We just, like, <laughs> make better music. Oh. You know what I mean? We just, either we transmute it. And I don't even think transmuting is, like, denial. But I do think when black people are working through depression, they transmute and make real cool shit. Like, you know. Right. I think it can be a highly productive. I know for me personally, once I learned about mental health in a real way and kind of started having the tools to assess how I'm feeling and stuff like that, that made everything harder. Like, it was cooler when I could just like, nah, man, I'm just going to smoke some weed, watch this game, and I'll be all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then that to have to be like, damn, I'm like depressed. I got to figure this out. That's like, that throws, that's, that's, a, that's a much harder work to do. Yeah, yeah, Frederick Douglass said the uh, the worst thing his slave ma- one of his slave masters ever did to him was teach him to read, because mm. then he had the words to understand his like captivity, as like yeah, it's that where it's like fuck. Now I know that these are symptoms of a a bad thing, and I need to figure out how to resolve them. Whereas before, it's just like. Ah, a down day. This nigga Frederick Douglass. This nigga Frederick Douglass is a tricky dick. This nigga's a tricky dick. Because then he learned yeah, how to yeah, read. He also the, beat that nigga's ass, bro. Yeah, but he also learned how to read that left his wife for a white woman. So this nigga's tricky. You know what I'm saying? I don't trust this nigga. You know what I'm saying? He, he he read about nicer white women and he was like, I'm going to oh. try that. Oh, I don't like this dick. <laughs> Oh, oh like man. Yo, cancel Langston. How about that? He's like, he like, he like, I just read, I just read, I just read Great Expectation. Do you know what these women are doing? He's like, dog, they're giving out money. <laughs> <laughs> they're literally giving out money. This lady and I got to work hard forever. Man, I'm, a, I'm a boycott. I'm not you. saying it's right. I'm not defending... Frederick Douglass in this situation, but I see where his logic went. You know what I mean? I think that's the first step down a slippery slope, my man. Boycott Langston's weekend at Dr. <laughs> Grin's. 
but this nigga Frederick was off his rocker. I love my white wife. Let me be clear. (laughs) (laughs) There was a period for uh, maybe y'all remember this, where where that there was a video, a TikTok video circulating of all the men of Insecure and and our supposed white wives that like somebody had assembled a bunch of pictures and truly only one person in the lineup even had a white wife. The rest of them were all just like light-skinned or Latinas or just, you know, a weird lighting in the room. A weird lighting? (laughs) No, truly, it was like, some of them are like pretty like fair or darker-skinned people and they're like, yeah, that's a white lady. But point being, I love my white wife, you know, and I was in that video and they called my wife, my, my wife white. And, and it still bugs me a little bit. I can tell. That's so annoying. <laughs> that's, that's so annoying. What was the music on behind the video? Uh, some mean. <laughs> Taking my weed downtown. Yeah, it was something. Get up it was something hell. truly like gut wrenching and, and evil. <laughs> something that 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 co- cuts me to my core, but I don't even remember the song. It just triggers me when I hear it. Yeah, yeah no. you don't have to say you remember it. I wouldn't either. Look at this nigga. Look at this nigga, <laughs> at this nigga hanging out with the manager. Exactly. <laughs> Look at this thing calling the manager. It's very interesting because I think a lot of it's familial in the fe- sense that, like, I thought it was crazy because my mom's not like big on black people having mental issues, health issues. And my mother was a social worker for yeah. years. Like, we had the DSM in our house. And my mom's still not on some, like, go, I take an antidepressant. Like, I wonder what it is that builds up that resistance specifically to, like, these mental problems. Like, where does that come from? Like, were your families like that? Were both your families like that? Yeah, I would say my mom certainly is not. She, I don't think she was like at all ignorant on the subject, but she wasn't promoting any like reflection beyond just like act different or, or, you know, look at the world differently. Like, I think my sisters, if we were being honest, probably were suffering through versions of like depression. And I don't think anybody was was at all had the instinct to be like, we should go seek help inside of this. Right. Yeah. How how big is your family? Mine is I can uh, never tell. I'm I'm the oldest of five. God damn. Yeah. And but my shit's real separated because both my parents have been married a fuck ton of times. Okay. So like none of us have had like a consistent like only two of my sisters have the same set of parents and then the rest is like a mixing and matching situation. All right. Hell yeah. I just wanted to check. Yeah. But, and is that, <laughs> I just wanted to check. And at least in the black side of your family, is there like, is there any history of like mental health? Like, is anyone in therapy or anything like that? No, 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 no. Uh, my, my grandmother literally stabbed my grandfather. <laughs> Yeah, in the back with a knife, <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept on like keeping on. You know what I mean? Like she pretended to, to need a hug and then stabbed him in the back like a, an assassin. Damn, that's like a hug assassin. She hit him. Yeah, <laughs> you know them hug assassins that be going around doing stuff. <laughs> are you are you in therapy, Langston? 
No, I've I've only gone to therapy once as uh, it was more a family therapy thing when I had to go as a kid, and I've never gone back as an adult Damn. or sought help in any form or way. Because I'll be in there, man. It's not great, but I'm in there. I think I'm the first person in my family to regularly go to therapy easily. Wow. Easily. Jordan, Jordan you go to therapy? I actually got David into therapy. Yeah, Jordan put me on. Oh, <laughs> shit. Couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what a process it's been. Ugh. I probably need it. I let me be clear. I don't I'm not bragging. Thanks, <laughs> as much as it. I All right. You got a perfect family. You got a perfect <laughs> wife. You got a got perfect nice white wife. wife. <laughs> nice white wife. All right. All right. Shout shout out Freddie Dugs. <laughs> Light skin, white wife, perfect family. We get it, all right? You're perfect, all right? <laughs> you shout, don't need to shout out my man, Dirty Money Freddie. Wait, so this is this is this is interesting to me. What would it take? Because like we're coming from this. What would it take to get you into therapy, Langston? Just out of curiosity. Um, I think that that what would probably get me into therapy is needing it more in my marriage than needing it personally. I think that there is probably a level of immediate necessity that hasn't yet happened that would make me feel like, oh, this is something I got to resolve right now or I'm going to make shit weird for me or others or whatever it is. And that's probably not the right approach for therapy, but that is the one that my brain sort of lives in. And if my marriage started to feel like, oh, shit, if we don't do something, this ain't going to work, then I, I'd probably take it to that route. But you don't mm. think personally, because let's let's crack it open. This is like a men's group anyways now. What yeah. do you feel like you never were led towards that point because of an aversion to therapy, primarily because of being black? Like, do you feel like do you feel like the reason you never ended up there or you think you just got like saved by your white wife? <laughs> <laughs> I I I think I've lived with the aversion. I don't know that it would be fair to point it only or exclusively on my black family, right? Like at its core, I have both a black family that sort of is, you know, just traditionally black in that sense. But then there's also like a repressed Jewish side of people that are avoiding sort of like that type of reflection or openness or whatever it is that also wasn't telling me like, hey, you should go to therapy. When we went, it was because things had become explosive enough in the house where it was like, okay, emergency, motherfucker, let's fix this. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to wait till, you know, the fucking pipes are leaking through my walls. And wait till like, you, she stabs you in the back, Let's jump baby. in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this stuff works. <laughs> I think the writer's strike is going to go on long enough. We're going to see people we never thought would start smoking crack start to smoke crack. So I think once Langston starts so. smoking crack... <laughs> Once Langston starts smoking crack, I think he'll be in therapy. And actually, I think this is perfect because I'm starting to sell crack. So, you see. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
first of all, if our peers start doing crack, that's going to give me and my wife so much more to talk about. And I don't know if that's going to slow me down much. But if you're right, if I do eventually start smoking crack, I will. I promise you both that I will go to therapy. I will I will do crack and therapy, hopefully not simultaneously, but more than likely they will be. You can do crack therapy. Sometimes crack can be therapy. Do you know this? <laughs> I don't, you got a great sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I don't listen, I don't this is this is like a street level Pfizer exec right now. <laughs> no, it's, oh, not, bro. it's not it's not you happening. Fucking with for that me. Moderna? Yeah. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on. You know what they do over there, right? <laughs> Come on, baby. You don't need those teeth. <laughs> Come on, man. Pfizer is a trusted brand. You got to think. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Jordan Temple and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Because I look good. I smell good. I feel good. And you sing good. And make love good. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome back to My Mama Told Me. We are discussing 
Whether or not black people get, I think we've all decided black people get depression. I think we're discover we're discussing the stigmatism against it in the black community with Jordan Temple. Langston has deflected all attempts to get him into therapy and said that the only way it's happened is if he smokes some crack, <laughs> which is a step. I think it's I, a step. I think Jordan said that was the only way it's happening, and I I didn't fight it. I think that's one of the ways that will get me into therapy is smoking crack. <laughs> I agree, decent. <laughs> Jordan, I did some research on your conspiracy theory that we would love to unpack with you. Obviously, if any of this feels false to you, you should say so because— I don't know much, but the National Study of American Life shows that while more white people are documented as having depression, 17.9% versus 10.4% in American Black people, and then 12.9% in Caribbean Black people. So Caribbean Black people went in by almost 3% against Black people in America for depression. They didn't mention Africans. Sorry about that, David. You didn't have I, to bring that up. <laughs> Wait, so Caribbean Black people, it says, are uh, reported being more depressed? More depressed. That's so funny. Shout out Haiti. Yeah. yeah my, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like culturally Haitian, like at all, yeah. but it's still, I guess, in my blood. Like my father, my father was. Yep from Haiti and you know I grew up around my grand I'd see my grandmother my paternal grandmother she didn't speak any English so I was like I guess that's pretty Haitian I don't fucking know like <laughs> so yeah. I guess yeah. I'm a little bit I don't I don't know a little de- depressed yeah no you, yeah I think I think uh <laughs> I think the numbers didn't it surprised me but then it didn't surprise me I think with that weird difference between us but uh it it also says that while we get have more of it, the or rather while white people, there are more of them that have it, our depression in black people across the board is statistically longer in span. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, they get depressed, but their depression often is not persisting throughout their entire life, whereas for black people it often is, or at least for longer periods of our lives. Mm. That makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean that sounds reasonable. We die mm. first. I get it. Yeah. yeah. They said the persistence for white people is around fifty six point five percent. And they oh no, the persistence for black people rather is fifty six point five percent, whereas for white people it's thirty eight point six. Damn. So we're Damn. way longer for persisting and throughout your whole life kind of thing. That's one thing are. black people are persistent. <laughs> Give this man a beat. <laughs> if ever there was a time to give the man a beat. Nah, but um, I mean, yeah. Let him freestyle for a second. I said, I said, yo, there's the thing, freestyle therapy, deep, deep in the the anals of quarantine. A nigga was waking up every morning and freestyle rapping for 15 minutes. Damn. Straight? Like, no no breaks in there? No breaks. No, I didn't drink water. I didn't even. Huh? (laughs) No beats? Uh, nah, like nah, no beats, just, just like fuck. no beats, beats. I, okay, okay, okay. To okay. beats. Wait, yeah. so so, do you feel like 
all right, now that you, you've you been a freestyle aficionado, let's say, because we don't know what kind of quality work you're putting out there, but but right. 15 minutes straight, uh, do you feel ready for, like, the five fingers of death shit on Sway? Like, the, like, are you, could you, could you live by your freestyle and die by your freestyling, or is it nah? I just... You know what would make the five? It's easy for me to do the five fingers of death. You know why? Because I got yeah. six fingers. Do you understand? When I freestyle, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get it at all. Yeah, it's not so ready. It's not. Yeah. No, it scared me. It was like some cool New York talk. I didn't get it. I pictured it. it in my head, and I was like, I still don't know what that means. But yeah, go ahead. I, I felt it when fingers. you said it. Come on. They ain't got it. Come <laughs> on, baby. Come on. You enjoy these world. They ain't got to make sense, baby. You know what I'm saying? Wait. Okay. Hell hold yeah. on. I think we got, I think nah, we I got a beat for bro. you. Hell yeah. Come on, bro. I need yeah, this. Give my man, give my man his, his taste. I need these freestyles like water, baby. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Ooh. Oh shit. Uh-oh. Yo, turn my headphones up. Mm. Yo. Off the top of the dome, we talk about depression and I'm home. Almost forgot about the freestyle today. But I didn't. I was laying down and napping. I was jerking off and I was rapping. I was jerking off and I said, "What time is it?" Almost time for my mama told me. You <laughs> <laughs> motherfucking bars, nigga. Fucking you know nothing about that. Yep. Nah, that. Be, yep. I mean, I feel better. better. Six nah. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine thirteen and a half more minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> You, we know you didn't get enough. Got, My man could have kept fucking going. He got going. to jerk it off in the first 90 seconds. <laughs> Imagine what the last six minutes would have done. Yeah, man. It was going to get grotesque. Blowing my, blowing my load in the first 20 seconds, bro. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I, was, uh, I was like uh, nine years old when I first went to therapy. Like, Whoa, yeah. super young. Yeah. I was forced to go. Was this, oh, so this was, this was someone else in your life being like, yo, you need help. My mom. You gotta go do this. My mom forced me to go. Whoa. Yeah. And, and was your mom in like, uh, this is dire type shit or was she just seeing something in you and was like, hey, I think this would be helpful moving forward kind of thing? I guess I, I had like, anger problems i might have been younger than that i had like real i was just like really wildin'. kids would like fuck with me and i'd be wildin'. and then um yeah i i just was my mom was just like i can't let me go somewhere for an hour while this yeah talks to, you, you know, can't plays with blocks or some shit i can't i can't take this nigga yeah, that's when I started bopping these kids on the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> freestyling about jerking off. It's that's when I started freestyling. <laughs> and yeah, I think I mean kids get depressed too. I think um the problem with black kids is um people they don't think so much about like their inner world as much. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think there's a lot of people that don't even see like. I'm going to say something controversial, but I think people quote this a lot 
like the most disrespected person in the world is the black woman, the Malcolm X quote, which is true. But I also feel like at the same time, it's also acknowledgement that like black children aren't people. You know what I mean? Because it's like (laughs) they, they are being raised by women. They have like no right. You know what I mean? Like children are the most vulnerable group on the planet. But Malcolm X would never raise his own awareness to speak for the rights of children to think that they're a person. You know what I mean? Not saying he's right or wrong, Mm -hmm. but I just think it's interesting because there's a there's probably a mother or father or somebody went home and beat that kid and it's just like, is it you know what I mean? <laughs> like Yeah. Man. No, I know but, what you mean about I'm like, the idea I'm of like, like at no point have people culturally shifted the the attention on each group. Like it's it's always feels like a gender where it's never like rights to children. Or not that it's never, but like black children are like completely forgot about. I wonder if part of that is is that the intention, at least, of political leaders of sort of like our our you know our heroes as they were champions, I guess is maybe a better word. But if part of what their purpose is is to make the world better for the existing children, and subsequently don't think to mention them because they're like, well, I'm talking to the adults to fix y'all more than I'm speaking to this generation that still in theory has a chance to just live out of harm's way, if that makes sense. I think that's a difficult idea though, because then who are you assuming that's doing the work, this generation of broken people that you're speaking towards, right? Yeah, and maybe that's the short-sightedness of politics, right? It's like at the end of the day, it's old people yelling at old people to be different and motherfuckers don't do that. Whereas, like, if politics were truly aimed at the people who things were affecting currently, we wouldn't have an 18-year-old voting. You know what I mean? Like, I think politics should be for children. I think we should be, like, trying to legitimately talk to kids and be like, hey, what do you think is fucked up? How do we make the world what you're going to eventually grow up to live inside of? I think that. I I agree with that. Do you think that's on the politicians, though? Joe Biden and Kamala need to listen. (laughs) (laughs) I keep asking Joe Biden to come on the podcast. He keeps telling me about popcorn. (laughs) He's like, call my boy popcorn. (laughs) My man, Pop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was the name? That was Corn Pop. He had a he had a black friend named Corn Pop, and uh, yeah, he keeps telling me to call him. <laughs> I uh, I I definitely like the idea of talking about the idea of a black children. As far as like, it does seem like we learn. I don't know. You ever just talk to white white children, and they were aware of their personhood a lot. Like like the the culture is different for them as a kid. Like, when I was a kid, it was very much like, nothing you think matters. I pay for this house. This is yeah. my shit. And then you got to go and figure it out for yourself. But there isn't a lot of, like, care for that idea of, like, young personhood, which yeah. probably does lead lead more to depression and things like that, or, like, just not paying attention to it. It's more important. It's who you, it shapes who you are for life. So that's why I feel like, not like what he said was wrong, but that it was misguided because, like, 
you're also speaking to when you speak to adults, you forget that you're speaking to someone who was once a child who is an adult who's dealing with things they weren't able to or had to repress as children. And now they're holding on to that. And that's why I think that is more, if not more if not more important to address the child in people and to address the children that are existing so that adults can deal with the fucking problems they had and be able to like get a hold of that that child that was lost or hurt so that they don't repeat that and then just uh, inflict that same damage on living existing children or like i said that or repeat the same kind of, or repress the emotions that they had from childhood. That's the whole point of therapy. Like you are who you are as an adult because of these childhood memories that are repressed because you weren't able to have your own agency because you weren't able to express emotion. It is repressed and you are depressed maybe as an adult because of those emotions and that anger you weren't able to express as a child. You know, that's why not only I think is it important, but that's why a lot of black people have a hard time accepting that they are depressed as adults because as children, they were so uh, damaged and, and, and forgotten about and thrown to the wayside. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you know, black children are the most discarded uh, people and you see people grow up, you know, these black boys and girls who are like, dealing with it and it's like yo we're talking about circumstance we're not talking about the problems maybe we have with each other like there are problems out in the world and different things but it's also like getting in touch with and healing that that child a little bit hate to therapize this whole podcast but hey no i mean you know we we accept all all versions of the podcast even (laughs) even the ones that make us go hmm you're right brother Uh (laughs) are you stippling right now underneath yeah hmm it's whatever. It's a writer's strike, man. We we all gonna be selling. We all gonna be selling crack, <laughs> or smoking it, or smoking it. <laughs> but one of the things to to the larger point of people going untreated or certainly not making the efforts to to solve their problems. It says uh, I read an article that said that fifty seven percent of people with MDD, major depression disorder, actually get treatment. So only fifty percent, fifty seven percent of people suffering through depression, specifically major depression disorder, are actually going to get the treatment. Yeah. And then additionally, one of the things that they say is the cause of that is that 85% of Black people, uh, and they're not saying this is solely the cause, but 85% of Black people identify as religious in some form, somewhere between somewhat religious to very religious, and turning more towards church and the traditions of church instead of therapy as this other source. That's a difficult thing because we don't know what percent of pe- people the church works for, right? Like, mm. let's say that's the number. What'd you say? It's like 43%, 85% that identify as religious. Right. So of that point, of that 85 who identify religious versus the percentage of people who have MDD who do not end up getting help, what percentage of them that turn to the church are healed? Because it does work for a lot of people. It's not. It's not like... That's not my ticket, but that God shit, 
it gets some people. You never <laughs> known anybody who was like a terrorist, and then they found God, and you're like, man, you used to put people in lockers, and now you just run the youth group. Yeah, you're a decent, you're a decent man now in a way that you weren't supposed to be. I'd be because I don't think that 85 percent religious thing is necessary. I don't think it's necessarily all that terrible. I like I don't I don't view that as like a bad thing. That's well, I I, I think that it is fair to acknowledge that the article also says that like ther- church can be therapeutic for a lot of people. So they're not mm. dis- right. disgracing the eighty five percent who identify as religious. They're merely saying that that level of religious sort of like mm. across the board doesn't exist in other racial groups. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Different different things are therapy too. I think that's the thing too. Right. Like culturally, we've gotten into the one on one, or black people, or, or people need to go to depression, or need to go to therapy, or whatever. But like different things are therapy. You don't have to engage one on one. There's like art therapy. There's religiosity as therapy. There's you know exercise as therapy. There's all kinds of things as ther- that hey, that can be therapeutic. So. I watch anime and I'm I'm healed. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I've already been going to therapy. You Links ignorant. Tentacle porn lives. doesn't count, man. Don't count. Yeah, it's not, it's not anime. <laughs> hey, agree to disagree. The artists are exceptional. <laughs> They're Japanese and they are exceptional. <laughs> I, I always am confused by like. I mean, maybe I'm just not out there in the church world, but do y'all ever meet new church people, like young church people, like in their thirties, like in forty? Like I don't, I don't know a lot of church niggas that are young. The people that I know who have converted did it younger than thirty. It was like there was probably a time from like twenty two to twenty six where I know a good number of people who flipped it. You know what I mean? A lot mm-hmm. of it's like getting out, <laughs> you know, of either the military or jail. But it's, like, <laughs> it's truly like every dude I know that like went off to college and like wild out for a while, and and like now found a girl that he's like, yeah, this is my this is my baby boo, and I'm fat now, and I I've lost. I lost my hair, so yeah, I'm settled, and I'll go to church. Don't, don't put this on, fat people. I, I'm just saying the transition this individual lost, made. This isn't lost about his the hair fat too. people. He said <laughs> lost his hair. We, we all know you wavy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. Uh, <laughs> but no, it does seem that the transition happens younger. Than, like, yeah, I don't know anyone in their mid-30s who are like, damn, now it's time for God. Yeah, I think that maybe mid forties that that happens though. After 50s. that first divorce, Mid, middle yeah, age, I think you find God. God's always to fix the thing. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 either been introduced at a young age and therefore you believe it, or when you come back to it, it's to fix something. It's right. not just like for a, a fucking study program. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, I, why I that's agree tricky. With that. Both that and therapy is tricky to me because I hate the idea that people need to feel like they have to be fixed or people are trying to fix them or that they have to change because you don't have to change at all. Like there is always this idea, like I think this prevalent in culture that something is wrong with people. You know, everyone is like Mm -hmm. trying to get a new and improved or do this and that or do things that are super complicated and 
and I kind of keep things simple and it, it, it makes people feel worse. Like the more you try to fix or the more that therapy is like, oh, you need this and that. Like I, I probably would have never done therapy if I wasn't forced to do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I still believe in it if people are up to it, but I, I think it's also an idea like there's there's this fixing culture that there's something wrong with people. And it's like, right. yo, like do what you're going to do. Like it's your life. Like no one is trying to change you. I think that's what fucks people up more than the the thing like of the idea of therapy to begin with. Like, you know, or, you're or saying anything. you're saying there's something there's something short sighted in looking at this in terms of fixing and more as just a a chance to be a better person than you are currently, a better version of yourself than yeah. you currently are. If you, yeah, if you want to, but I also think there's like so many different ways to work through depression, like whatever works for you or doesn't work. If you may not even realize it, you have to have the self awareness for it. But it's not up to other people. Like I, I would never say, like I, I would be, I would, you know motivate people to do it if they would want to do it or like would be but i never would be like a poster child for like everybody should go to therapy i think that's misguided because it feels like you have to fix it's a fixing thing and it's like people do what works for them and they just figure it out yeah we need we need healed people and we also (laughs) need devils that's what keeps the the whole thing balanced so you know we don't need devils come on baby no, Langston. Uh, Langston wants to be a devil. That's on, the, that's the thing. I see his fingers yeah. itching for that voice box right now. Come on, mm-hmm. baby. What, what? what you talking about? This voice box. <laughs> you see how I heavy seen, it makes it. I seen the. Yeah. I seen those stab you in your butt uh, videos on Instagram. I was like, I was like, man, I hope Nikki walks in on this nigga doing this, bro. <laughs> I, I, I saw his eyes move up, and I was like, I was like, I hope his daughter sees him right now. <laughs> no, you know what that was? That was the delivery man was coming, and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, is he going to hear me through the door saying I'm going to stab someone in the anus and then have to like leave my my sugar fish outside? You said it about a lot of groups of people. Yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna stab all y'all. Please come to the show. <laughs> In the butt, though. In the butt. Yeah, I'm gonna give you something to think about. And you had the knife. <laughs> I'm gonna give you something to think about. A butt stabbing is so egregious because everybody needs to sit. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the title of Jordan's new upcoming uh, novel. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs to sit. Uh, it's a YA novel. It's, it's sort of an expansion of the Everybody Poop verse. It's an AO <laughs> novel. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take one more break. We're going to be back with more Jordan Temple and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Conspiracy theory. Welcome back <laughs> to My Mama Told Me. We are deep in the throes of a conversation about mental health, how to do it, what to do with it, and maybe you don't need therapy. Maybe you hoop three times a week because ball is life, and that's what gets you through. We're not here to yeah. judge you. I, yeah, we're, we're open to all possibilities over here. And one of the things that they say is the cause of the persistence for Black depression is because of white inadequate— well, It's white people, yes. <laughs> and And it's a little bit of a— <laughs> you're not wrong no i know but it's a little bit more of a long haul here is is they say that it is in part because of inadequate research as it relates to this larger issue in the black community that depression on its own is hard to detect in part because there are more than 1500 possible combinations of symptoms that that in theory a person can have, which means that your depression may not look like my depression, even though we spend a ton of time together and are, you know, sometimes living in the same household. It, it, we could still have very different versions of depression. And white science has not yet learned how to detect th those feelings inside of black people. I hate that shit so much because they can pull up every goddamn crime statistic We've ever had food deserts, all this nonsense, but you can't figure out how we're feeling. There's been yeah. no studies on that this whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't think about it. They're like, nah, he's yelling in the street because of his personality. <laughs> they got a lot of crime. <laughs> 
Yeah, they don't give a fuck. He really likes eating that jumbo honey bun because he loves himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's just a centered twenty-five-year-old man. Yeah, <laughs> number one, number one consumers of all flaming hot dust and menthol <laughs> cigarettes. We don't know how they feel about it. They, I know they like spicy, yeah, and I know they like mint, good. but that's that's about it. I never seen somebody. <laughs> I never seen somebody look actually happy to like eat a chopped cheese. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I think I think chop, I think certain foods I see like black people eat not to like food shame, but I, I definitely it's like self. I'm like, or even not even black people, just in general. But like, there's food we eat Amer- as Americans where I'm like, that's self hatred. Like every Taco yeah. Bell, com- every Taco Bell like <laughs> experiment. I'm hey, like, man. When I was a kid, you could, in certain uh, corner stores, eh, you call them bodegas, Jordan, because you're Spanish for some reason in New York. Uh, no, but, papi. But, no, papi, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm black, papi, but I'm black. corner store. <laughs> <laughs> at, a, at corner stores, you could buy some Flaming Hots. And then you could uh, get the dude behind the the like the counter to open it and pour meat and cheese inside of it, and then he would give you like a fork, and you could just like have this flaming hot like nacho combination. And that was like a very common. They throw like fucking jalapenos in that shit. It, whatever you wanted, you can get that shit done. And none of us ever thought like, man, that's. That's probably not a, a a good sign for us. You know what I mean? We we're just like, that's good food. That's cool. <laughs> it was, that's so fucked up because it's mixed messages for like for like boys growing up and for girls growing up. Like you'd hear sisters who would get like like even Lupe talking about. It. They say the steroids in the chicken is the reason for the thickening in the young woman. And it'd be like, you know, there's mm-hmm. steroids in it. But then on the other side, it would be like, yo, you drink that grape soda, dude? You ain't gonna have no sperm. <laughs> well, it was Bro. grape soda for y'all? Yeah, it was New like... New York so, is different. New like, York is wild. Because we've talked about the sperm soda ad and nauseum. It, so and many we've times. never gotten to grape. No, it's always been... It's always been... The furthest we've got is like Fanta, right? Yeah, I think we mm. we went as far as Fanta very recently. But. No, ours was Tropical Fantasy. Tropical Fantasy was uh, the sperm killer. Be like, oh, don't or the Blue Mountain Dew. Don't be drinking those. But it's like, yo, Damn. but who's getting all these girls pregnant? There's clearly nothing wrong with the soda. It's, the soda's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or or the soda the soda ain't as strong as we thought it was. Or it's holding I mean? back the floodgates. Yeah. Or it's, <laughs> Or is the reason there's not an army of us? <laughs> uh, I, I ain't wearing the rubber, bro. I'm I'm just drink this blue stuff and. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, did you drink your blue stuff? Yes. Okay, you can come in me. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I think is is a final piece, maybe to add to this conversation, is while black people on average are still less likely to kill themselves as it relates to feelings of depression, suicidal thoughts, all of that stuff, there has been a a major uptick in people wanting to hurt themselves in the black community. 
And some of that may be obviously related to not seeking help the same way, right? That uh, they said, while Black people on average, the suicide numbers for Black people have gone from 2018 to 2021, have gone from 7.3 persons or people per every 100,000 people to 8.7 per 100,000 people. So it's made like a one and a half person jump for in three years, this three year span. Mm. I mean, that's pandemic years though as well, right? Yeah. yeah. 2018 to 2021, you got pandemic through a big portion of that. Yeah, I feel like that's like a huge, that's like a significant enough occurrence to not, to kind of make you feel like it makes that day. Like, I'd like to see it like from 2023 to 2027. Well, you know, what's fascinating, and, and I don't disagree with you, but what is fascinating is that all of the numbers have risen across the board for everyone except white people. White people actually have dropped in numbers during that that span of the pandemic, including the pandemic, rather, and, and everybody else uh, is way higher than they were. So white people are dropping less is what you're saying. White people are feeling more sturdy than ever, and <laughs> they're standing ten toes down, and and they ain't moving, baby. Truly, one of the more upsetting statistics <laughs> given on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and what a dogs. way to end, huh? <laughs> it's the dogs that's keeping white people alive. Sure. You see, white white people <laughs> escape depression. Bory hates dogs. dogs, so I get that. I don't. I don't hate dogs. Don't do that to me, first of all. And but I think, given the chance, like if dogs were given like a raised consciousness, I think the white people are the first ones they would turn on. I would hope so. And whoever's fighting them mostly. Yeah, I would hope it. Yeah. <laughs> How conscious we talking? Like they could talk. Yeah. Ooh. And, yeah, and, but, they, like, talk well, not talk about the shit that they would talk about right now. You want them talking about, like, you know. I think any mastery of language and they would turn on white people. You think they oh, would? Oh, you think basic. I don't think dogs like wearing clothes. Mm. I don't think they like, mm. like wearing clothes. I don't think they like living in apartments. I don't think they like black people yeah. either. No, that comes from the owners. It's like a tension thing. They feel, the owners feel tension. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they were like biting us it's like, it's like civil rights. They train them. To, <laughs> that's the thing. Dogs aren't loyal. They'll bite anybody you tell them to. But now it's in their genes to bite. I think you need them a little smarter than what you have them right now. They don't seem to have much allegiance beyond who's uh, who's feeding them. They got the intelligence of a two-year-old who hates black people. That's what they... That's right. Yeah, and Jordan Jordan seems to think the black part is is permanent, but I think it's, it's not coded forever. This is like one generation. I think Jordan thinks they're born that way, and and I don't know what to do about that part. You know what? Why is it always? It always comes back to dogs and soda on this podcast. I swear to God, dogs and motherfucking soda. That's all black people have conspiracies about. Man, just thinking, just. The thought of uh, dogs talking just is so scary to me because I do think they would call. <laughs> they would definitely call us the N word, like every dog. I don't dog, think so. I, I think so. I tend to think that when the, you know when you're walking past a house and a dog is just so like <laughs> yapping, just like hard as fuck. He's <laughs> just going nigger, nigger. <laughs> Nigger, nigger, nigger. There's some niggers outside. Look at him. 
He's a nice guy. I don't know why he's doing that. He doesn't it's usually like, do this. Yeah, I bet he doesn't. He just hates niggers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. It's not you, my I'm dog. I'm sorry. He hates all niggers. It's not Guys, you. Guys, uh, I swear to God, if you could hear what he's saying in his language, it's just a racial thing. It's, yeah, not, it's not. He's not a mean guy. He just doesn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> so he was just born Jordan, this way. I think... <laughs> I think we did it. I, I think this this covers the the entire discussion. It certainly should. Could you tell the people where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? I don't got no cool shit going on. You can't find me nowhere. I um huh. well I'm, I guess I'm I'm doing Sweet Lorraine, a solo show about my grandma on the twenty third and twenty fourth of June at the Elysian, and you can. Uh, Find me at uh, Courage Bagels in Virgil Village. It's really good bagels. Go there. I hope. Yeah. I hope. I hope this reaches somebody so they can uh, get me a real cool hat there. Every time I go, the employees of Courage Bagels have really cool hats, and they never plug me in. But it's a really good place, Montreal style bagels. Go check it out, and check out Rick's Produce. <laughs> Just go, go find Jordan at Courage Bagels and, and give him Produce. a hat. I think he wants you to give him a hat when you see him there, and don't bring your racist dog. I guess he, he's not going to get along with it. And and boy, you want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, cool guy jokes eighty seven on Instagram. Man, I'm really into these remote control boats. So if anybody want, wants, to, <laughs> if anybody wants to send me like more information, I need I need to figure out. I need a situation for my battery life to last longer on the water because it's just not going as long as I would like. So if anybody has any information about RC boats, you know, send that my way. Send my man boat. Send my other man a oh, hat. Yeah. Uh, Wait, also, uh, <laughs> June, June, June 18th, I'm headlining the DC Improv with Jamel Johnson. Hey. May, 19, May 19th. High Note Comedy in Denver. We got Brad Sativa coming up. Going to be a good time. But the boats yeah. thing, for real. Because I don't the know if I should switch priority. to gas or if I should stay electric. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. The, as always, you can find me at Langston Kermit. I'm not going to keep helping you with this boat shit. You, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Wait till you try the boat. That's going to be your therapy. Wait, wait till you try a remote control boat. You're going to be surprised. Fuck. <laughs> of the five black guys I've let ride run them, everyone liked it. So yeah, I, I believe I'll like it. I don't know that it's going to be the healing I need, but I believe I'll, I'll enjoy the boat. First step to healing is open yourself up to healing, Langston. Damn, mm. that's heavy, yeah. and uh, and it makes me think. And if you want to think like me, you can follow me at Langston <laughs> on Instagram. He's going to do and, your real uh, plugs after that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move <laughs> if right you through. Watch, think like watch me, me. finesse. Watch me Eurostep this goofy conversation about boats. <laughs> and if you want to see me live, you can, uh, I'll be at Wise Guys in Utah, West Jordan, Utah, June 23rd and 24th. I'll be at the Philly Punchline, July 6th 
through 8th. And then uh, I'll be at Dead Crow in Wilmington, North Carolina, July 28th and 29th. I would love for y'all to come out. They're going to be fun ones. And then, as always, follow the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, fucking, you know, send us your own drops, your own conspiracy theories. Tell us how depressed we make you at MyMamaPod mm-hmm. or MyMamaPod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We we did it. Bye, bitch. You're the man. No, at no. Jordy Ploy, you can follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.